I think I'm finally at a place now where I can look back at my high school memories and I can laugh. And it's such a relief because prior to now, anytime I'd remember an embarrassing high school memory, I'd have to close my eyes and force myself to forget the memory because I wasn't ready to handle it. It was still too cringe to me. It still hurt my self-esteem. Like I couldn't handle it yet. But I'm finally at a place now, six or seven years after high school, where I think I'm ready to discuss my embarrassing high school memories. And what a beautiful thing that is. Because embarrassing moments, cringy moments can haunt you for a week. They can haunt you for five years. But eventually you get to a point with these types of memories where they become fun. They become funny. They become somewhat a source of joy. And that's what makes cringy and embarrassing moments so great. That's what makes them worth it. So all that to say, today I'm going to be telling some of my embarrassing high school stories. I definitely have a lot. So this this might not be the only episode I do telling embarrassing high school stories. Um, but today we're going we're gonna to discuss a few of them. This episode is presented by Haagen-Dazs. It's Love at First Bite with the new Haagen-Dazs Dulce de Leche Bar, featuring rich caramel Dulce de Leche ice cream, swirled with thick, milky Dulce de Leche ribbons and dipped in milk chocolate. Indulgent? Yes. The perfect way to treat yourself? Absolutely. Find at retailers nationwide. That's Dawes. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. Dating can be exhausting. Even just getting to the dating stage is a little bit overwhelming. You know, I'm not somebody who loves casually dating. I like to be in a relationship. Finding somebody you're attracted to is challenging enough, but then making sure that you're compatible is a whole other challenge. Well, Bumble is helping take some of the pressure off. Now you can make the first move or not. It's entirely up to you, thanks to Bumble's new feature, Opening Moves. It's a simple way to start conversations. Just choose a question and let your matches reply to kick off the chat. Try Opening Moves on the new Bumble. Download Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Purina. As the owner of two cats, I totally understand the healing power of pets, and so does Purina, which is why they're addressing the youth mental health crisis by making pet therapy more accessible. Research shows that pet therapy can help reduce stress, anxiety, and depression, as well as boost self-confidence. So to help ensure there's a therapy dog available for any kid who needs it, Purina is helping get more certified, starting with their employees' pets. To learn more, visit Purina.com slash mental health. So let's start with story number one, the football sweatshirt. I'm going to be naming these stories, by the way. I'm naming them. They get their own name. So football games are such an important part of high school culture, especially in America. I feel like football season is the most romantic time of year in high school. When you watch any high school movie, you're probably seeing a lot of football related things, you know, the jock is walking around in his football jacket. There's usually some sort of drama happening 
during a football game. Like it's such a fundamental part of American high school. It's just such a romanticized thing. But anyway, I was never into sports like basketball, football, baseball. I didn't know how any of those games worked. You know, watching those types of games, not that interesting to me. But there was something about football season in high school that was exciting to me. And it had nothing to do with the game of football. What was exciting to me about football season was this idea that, you know, I'd go to school during the day and then I'd go home and I'd do a little bit of homework and then I'd get all bundled up to go to a football game. And then my friends and I would get to hang out at this football game and, you know, try to make eye contact with a cute football player and maybe even get lucky enough to talk to one of them after. Never happened. Did not happen literally once. Never spoke to a football player once. And then it would get dark. And after the football game, you know, we would all be hanging out in the parking lot. And it was just a fun and exciting thing to do on a school night. I will say my high school experience was a little bit unusual because I went to an all-girls school. So it wasn't like I got to experience the football excitement during my school day because at my all-girls school, there was no football team. The football team that my school got to root for was our brother school's football team. And if you don't know what a brother school is, a lot of times all girls schools will have a correlating all boys school. And those two schools will do activities together, like football games, prom, etc. So you see what I mean? It was a, it was a little different. It wasn't like on football days, I would get to walk down the hallways at school and see all the cute football players in their cute football jackets and be like, good luck today. Like, I didn't get to do that part. You know, my full American high school fantasy wasn't, it wasn't quite like the movies, but listen, I was willing to take what I could get. So freshman year of high school, I start going to these football games and it was so fun. I loved it for all the reasons I mentioned earlier. It's this fun activity to do after school. And I kind of got into it. You know, I kind of got into this idea of, of being a football fan for one season a year. But I remember at the end of the football season in freshman year, I realized I needed to get a football sweatshirt for the boys' school. Because that was like the cool thing to do, to wear a football sweatshirt to the football games. And all my friends somehow had a football sweatshirt. Whether it was because their brother went to that school or it was from a guy that they were dating, it felt like every friend I had had a football sweatshirt that was sort of a hand-me-down from some boy in their life that played football at this school. And I'm an only child, okay? I don't have a cool older brother who plays football at this school. I don't have a boyfriend at this time. Boys don't necessarily like me, okay? I mean, it's not like they 
never liked me, but not enough and not often enough. The moral of the story is I didn't have a football sweatshirt. So you want to know what I did? I went online. And online you could order, you know, school merch for the all-boys school. And I went down this rabbit hole on the website. Like I managed to find a page where you could custom make a sweatshirt. Like you could pick out what color base sweatshirt you wanted. And then you could pick out what color you wanted the logo to be. And then you could pick out what you wanted it to say on the back and you could customize it. Right. And I was so excited because I was like, my football sweatshirt is going to be so fucking cool. Like this is going to be iconic. Okay. This is going to be the most iconic football sweatshirt ever. So I, I custom make the perfect sweatshirt. It was white with a big logo on the front. So fucking boring. It was, it was honestly so boring, but anyway, and I ordered it. And I remember when I got it, I was so excited. And I was like, finally, I'm going to fit in at the football games. And so fast forward to the next football game I go to, I think it might've been actually the following year, sophomore year. I'm so excited to wear this custom sweatshirt. I am over the moon. I'm so excited. And I show up and immediately one of my friends is like, where'd you get that? And I was like, I ordered it online. Like what? I want to fit in. And she was like, what? And immediately it dawns on me like, it's not cool if you didn't get it as a hand-me-down. Like immediately it dawns on me and I'm like, how did I not think of this sooner? Fuck. But I was like, you know what? Maybe it's fine. Like, maybe I'm going to get away with it. Yeah, it looks brand new. Like, it literally looks like freshly printed. You know, it has no vintage wash. It has no cracking design on the front. Like, it looks very new. Couldn't have looked newer. But maybe, yeah, I was like, maybe I'll get away with it, you know? After the football game... I remember one of our guy friends who was on the football team was like, where'd you get that? And I was like, no, this, no. And I was like, ah, well, I ordered it online. And he was like, no. And I was like, fuck, I just wasted $60 on this stupid custom football sweatshirt and I'm sticking out like a sore thumb because no one else has this custom made sweatshirt like I don't even think anyone knew that you could go and custom make one of these sweatshirts online so I'm just sticking out like a sore thumb and everybody knows that I ordered a fucking football sweatshirt because I didn't have a cool older brother or a cute boyfriend to give me one. And, you know, I will say I pushed through the pain and I think I wore it one or two times after that. Listen, it shouldn't be that embarrassing. And, and it isn't. In retrospect, it's actually kind of silly. Like saying this story out loud makes me realize how stupid it is. But to me, this was so embarrassing for multiple years. Um, and it actually reminds me of another story that I wasn't going to tell but now I'm remembering it and I think it's funny. So this story 
story number two is called The Supreme Sweatshirt. When I was in high school, Supreme, the clothing brand, was really having a moment. It was really having a moment. It was like having its moment. Everybody who had rich parents had the Supreme sweatshirt with the red box logo on it. And it was like the coolest thing you could possibly wear. Now, I remember at the time I had a crush on this kid who was a total hype beast. Okay. He had all of the hype beast clothing. He had the Supreme sweatshirt. He had the antisocial social club sweatshirt. He had the Bay hoodie. I hope you know what I'm talking about. Because if you don't know what I'm talking about, all of the things I just mentioned will not make sense to you. But it was all like the cool, hot streetwear pieces of the time. Yeah, I had a crush on this kid. Oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Okay. Well, I didn't have the money to be buying $300 sweatshirts online. That was not my situation. But the cool factor of these rare streetwear brands was undeniable at the time. It was so cool, okay? I decided I was going to order fake streetwear stuff. I was going to order fake Supreme, fake Antisocial Social Club, and I was going to be the coolest kid in school for 50 bucks. I remember one night going on my computer and going down a counterfeit designer rabbit hole. And I ended up finding this website that was selling fake Supreme box hoodies for like $20. And I was so excited. This website was like a godsend to me because not only did they have the Supreme box hoodie available, but they had it available in 10 different colors. Okay, they had pink. They had black, they had gray, they had white, they had red, and they had camo. I had so many options. How in the world was I going to choose? Well, after about 30 minutes of deliberation, I decided, I think I'm going to get the camo one. Oh my God. (laughs) This is so embarrassing. Okay. I was like, the camo one looks the most badass. I've never seen anyone wear it. Like it's, it probably is super rare. Like the real one, if you know, it's, it's probably super rare and I'm about to get it for $20. (laughs) So I order this $20 Supreme sweatshirt camo. Great. One designer hoodie for $20. Check. Done. But I was like, one's not enough. Like I need to paint this picture to people that I am a cool, stylish kid. So I need to have more than one hype beast streetwear piece in my closet. So I try to find a fake antisocial social club hoodie. Easy. I find one in 30 seconds flat. 
Okay. I decided to get the classic black one with just the logo on it. That's it. Because I ordered them from sketchy websites, it did take them probably three months to come. But I remember the day that they came in, it was like Christmas for me. I opened them up and I'm like, this is my ticket to finally being cool. Like everything's about to get really good from here. Okay. This hype beast boy that I had a crush on is going to fall in love with me immediately because I have a Supreme box hoodie. But not only is he going to fall in love with me, but every other boy is also going to fall in love with me. I'm going to be walking through the streets. It's going to be like me having to push all the high school boys off. It's going to be exhausting, but it's going to be exhilarating. Um, Things are really looking up for me. And at the time, I think I was struggling with the fact that I felt like boys never chose me first. I never felt cool enough for the boys. I never felt exciting to the boys. You know, I was somewhat, maybe a little awkward. I was somewhat awkward. I was social, but I was still awkward. And I was very timid when it came to being like flirty and stuff. Like that was not happening for me. I was really timid about that. And I wasn't really confident in myself as a young woman. Like I was not confident in my womanhood. Like I didn't feel like a proper woman, you know? Well, I guess I wasn't a woman. I was a girl, but still I got my period super late. Like, you know, at the time that I ordered my fake Supreme sweatshirt, I didn't even have my period yet. I looked significantly younger, I would say, than a lot of my friends. And I just felt very insecure. And to me, this fake designer was going to fix it all. I may not be a flirtatious master, but I got the Supreme box hoodie. Maybe I'll, I'll start, maybe I'll start pulling. You know what I mean? Like maybe it's going to happen. <laughs> um, to make a long story short, my fake Supreme sweatshirt got found out immediately. Immediately. People started coming up to me being like, where'd you get that? And I was like, oh, online, whatever. Like online, I ordered it. All the hype beast kids found me out immediately. They were like, they've never made a camo one. The camo one doesn't exist. They've only ever made, you know, pink, white, and black. They've never made the cam- the camo one. The camo one doesn't exist. Uh, like, okay, what was it with me in fucking sweatshirts in high school? Like I, I should be, literally someone should have said, Emma, you are not allowed to order sweatshirts online. It is getting you into trouble. Stop. You think it's going to make you cool and then it just backfires every time. No more sweatshirts for you. But hope was not lost, okay? Because I still had the simple black antisocial social club hoodie and that was all I had left. I already wasted $20 on the Supreme one, but maybe the antisocial social club one will fix it all. Okay. Maybe it'll make me seem a little bit more legit. And it did. Everyone thought it was real. Everyone thought that one was real, including the boy that I had a crush on. And you know, what was funny. One time he was like, Hey, like I have this guy that I know he's reselling a bunch of the antisocial social club hoodies. Like, 
are you looking for any other colors? Because I know this guy who could, yeah, and his prices are really good. They're only like $300. I was like, what? Yeah, no. I was like, put me in contact with that guy because I'm trying to grow my collection, like for sure. So yeah, pass that along for sure. It was so bad. Like it, it actually did backfire because kids did start to think that I actually was into the hype beast stuff. And so they'd be like, wait, what, like, where'd you buy that? Like what seller? And I, I just wouldn't even know what to say because at the time with these hype beast clothing pieces, how it would work was, you know, these brands like Supreme, Antisocial Social Club, whatever, they would do these limited drops and they would drop like a hundred hoodies, right? And they'd sell out within seconds. And if you wanted to get your hands on them, what you'd probably have to do is order them through a third-party seller. And the price would be up like quadruple because they were in such high demand. And so that's why they were so expensive. I mean, they were still expensive when they were first sold. Like, they, you know, they'd first be sold for like, what, $100 maybe? But then they'd end up being resold for like anywhere between 200 and a thousand, depending on how rare the piece was. Obviously, that's not something that I was able to participate in, but I got all the cool kids thinking that it was. And so they were all like talking this hype beast language to me that I literally didn't understand. And I just had to pretend it was traumatic, but amazing. Um, and I actually wore that antisocial social club hoodie for a while like for years. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. Dating can be exhausting. Even just getting to the dating stage is a little bit overwhelming. You know, I'm not somebody who loves casually dating. I like to be in a relationship. Finding somebody you're attracted to is challenging enough, but then making sure that you're compatible is a whole other challenge. Well, Bumble is helping take some of the pressure off. Now you can make the first move or not. It's entirely up to you. Thanks to Bumble's new feature, Opening Moves. It's a simple way to start conversations. Just choose a question and let your matches reply to kick off the chat. Try Opening Moves on the new Bumble. Download Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. When you're feeling down, sometimes it's good to be alone. But talking can also be a big help. Keeping everything bottled up is not great for your health. It would cause me a lot of stress and anxiety. It's almost like, I use this metaphor a lot, but it's almost like carrying a backpack around. And when you have stuff bottled up, it gets added to the backpack. And when you talk about it, you get to take it out of the backpack. Now the backpack's a little bit lighter. Once I got older and I learned how to communicate, I never stopped because I like having an empty backpack. It just feels better and my quality of life is better. When you need to talk and need a safe space, I highly recommend therapy. It's a great way to work through whatever's bothering you in a judgment-free place. There's something really special about having a resource to talk to that is not involved in your life on a personal level. So if you want to give therapy a try, check out BetterHelp. It's entirely online, convenient, and flexible. It's also easy to get started. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash anything today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash anything. Okay, next. Story number three, country music concerts. 
I can't believe I'm about to talk about this publicly. Like, that's how crazy this story is. In high school, you want to party. But all the odds are against you, right? You try to throw a party at one of your friend's houses, and within 30 minutes, the cops are called, or the parents come home, and everyone gets kicked out and grounded. You know, you want to do adult things. You want to drink alcohol. You, you know, you want to play crazy music, but all of the odds are against you. You're not legally allowed to drink. You're not to be trusted home alone without adult supervision. It's a nightmare, but yet it's all you want to do. And there were quite a few ways in high school that we would try to get a party experience without throwing a house party because house parties never ended well. So one of the ways that we would try to party is by going to country concerts. So there was a concert venue probably 40 minutes away from where I lived. And it was a pretty big concert venue. At least once a month, there was a country concert. Now, I never liked country music. And to be honest, I don't even think a lot of kids in my high school liked country music. But here's the thing about these country concerts. They were so cheap. You could get a ticket to one of these country concerts for like $20. Whereas the really good concerts, like the Post Malone concerts, those were more like $100. Those were a little bit more expensive. But these country concerts were so cheap at the time. And the way that this concert venue worked was closest to the stage, there were hundreds of rows of seats. But then behind the rows of seats, really far away from the stage, there was just a grass lawn. And if you buy one of those $20 tickets, you get access to that grass lawn. You don't really get a seat and you can't really see the stage very well at all, but you get to hang out on the grass. This was basically the perfect scenario as a high schooler. You know, it's like you're in a public place. You're allowed to be loud. You're allowed to run around, dance around, do whatever. You don't need parent supervision because it's a rel- you know, it's a relatively safe place because there's security around, police officers around. It's a relatively safe environment, you know, like it's kind of just a free for all. And so every few months, all the kids from all the various schools in my town would go to these country concerts. But here's what was fucking crazy about this. The goal, oh my God, I can't believe I did this. I can't believe anyone did that. I can't believe we did this. The goal when we would go to these concerts would be to make out with as many people as you possibly could. This was very out of my comfort zone. This was like the Olympics. Like who can make out with the most people? Some of my friends were like trained athletes. You know, they had been training their whole life for this. This is like second nature to them. They are so comfortable with this idea. They love to do it. This is a fun activity. They're excited. They're confident. They're ready to go. I was like a 
JV rookie trying to play at the Olympics. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was not built for this. Super insecure, had never had a boyfriend, like, had maybe kissed one boy before. I was not up for the challenge. It was just, it was just this thing that I felt like I had to do. Like, I felt like I had to go, you know? And I remember the first few country concerts I went to, I would just follow my friends around and like let them do their thing. You know what I mean? And I just kind of minded my own business. And I enjoyed myself because it was a total fucking mess. Like it was a total mess. Like all these high schoolers so hungry to like party all in one place. It was a fucking mess. That's the only way I could describe it. And so the first few times I went, it was more just like fun to hang out and watch. But the last few country concerts I went to, I was like, you know what? Maybe it's my time to shine. I will say, I'm not going to listen. We're not going to go into detail here, but my, my record in one night was three. But, you know, I don't regret it actually anymore because it was kind of fun. You know, it was kind of fun. But okay, but okay, but I'm I'm skipping over a part. I'm skipping over why it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing because this sort of behavior was so against my nature, you know, that I would be stiff as a fucking board, like literally so rigid. Like I I could never get into it. Like I was never into it. It was always like so forced. It was so forced in the sense that I was forcing myself to do it. Nobody was forcing me to do it by any means. It was always very respectful and like, which is actually very impressive. It was always respectful and great and whatever. But I was like forcing myself to do this and participate in this sort of activity that was so against my nature that I was stiff. Like I was uncomfortable. I couldn't do it. I couldn't get into it. And so that's why it was embarrassing because I think probably everyone who encountered me in that way at one of these country concerts was probably like, what a freak. Like, I don't know. Like, what a nervous little nerd freak. Like, which by the way, being like a little nerd freak, that's actually badass and cool. So no regrets at all. But I think it was, it's just cringe for me to remember because number one, it's like, I can't believe I even did that in the first place. But number two, like, I wasn't cool about it. Like, it wasn't like, oh shit, like, dang, three in one night for Emma, that's badass. It's like, oh yeah, Emma tried it three times and was stiff as a board and very nervous every time. And it was never like badass and cool. Like some of my friends, it was like badass and cool. So I don't know. Psychologically for me, I think it was somewhat of an important experience because it did sort of build my confidence. Like, hey, you know what? Maybe I can find boys who like me and maybe I can do the all dreaded kiss and survive it, you know, and come out the other end alive. Because I was so nervous about that type of stuff. Like any sort of like, any kind of intimacy, whether, I mean, it's like kind of a joke to even call that intimacy, I guess, at all. But any 
thing, any sort of behavior like that used to make me so nervous. And I think it did help me build my confidence a little bit, which I think is not to be ignored. But at the same time, I don't know if that's the right way to go about getting over that fear. So I guess the moral of the story is I don't regret doing it personally, but I wouldn't recommend it for others. Although I wouldn't judge you if you did that because, hello, I mean, I did the same thing. And, you know, like if I didn't do shit like that in high school, then it would have been boring. Like I wouldn't have any stories to tell now. So no regrets. This episode is brought to you by Batiste. I do spend a lot of time in front of a camera. Although sometimes my hair looks bad, I love when it looks good. So when I heard about Batiste's two new products, I had to check them out. It's dry shampoo powered by you. The touch-activated dry shampoo releases fragrance whenever you touch your hair. And the sweat-activated dry shampoo absorbs oil and releases fragrance as you sweat. You know what's an underrated compliment? Your hair smells good. Always feels good when it happens. Batiste, the future of hair care is here. Buy Batiste Dry Shampoo online or in-store at your nearest retailer. This episode is brought to you by Natrol. Sleep is so important. Without a good night's sleep, during the next day, it's more difficult to function properly, and there are definitely cranky vibes, which is a problem if, like me, every now and then, you might struggle to get sleep and stay asleep, and you've probably tried a few different things to help without success. Well, there's sleep, and then there's Natrol sleep. Natrol is America's number one drug-free sleep aid brand, helping you fall asleep faster and stay asleep longer. Natrol melatonin gummies are made with clean ingredients like 99% pure melatonin to work with your sleep cycle, helping you sleep better, making the next day your best day. Natrol, sleep tonight, live tomorrow. Click, tap, or visit natrol.com to shop now. This product helps with occasional sleeplessness, These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent diseases. Next story, we have the red receipt. To sort of keep on theme with me embarrassing myself in front of boys, I had a crush on this guy, okay? This this is a different guy from the guy I mentioned earlier. The guy I mentioned earlier is the Supreme Box Logo hoodie guy, okay? That's a different guy. This other guy was more of like a football kind of guy. He was definitely like somewhat cool, like he was kind of a cool guy and he always had a girlfriend. Oh my God, always, always had a girlfriend. But I was friends with him. I was sort of in his friend group and I always liked him. And I was willing to wait for him to finally realize that that I was the one. <laughs> and so I patiently waited through probably three girlfriends until finally he was single. And it was painful. Having a crush on a guy that has a girlfriend is awful. And I was always very respectful of that. I never, ever tried to mess it up or anything. No, I I was always very respectful. Okay. Or at least I tried from what I can remember. But finally, at one point, he's single. And we start texting a bit more. We were always in group chats together because, again, as I mentioned, we were in the same friend group. But he started sort of texting me on the side. And I was like, wow, cool. And it starts to become sort of a routine. We start sort of texting each other one-on-one more often on a daily basis. And, you know, in high school, you want to be cool, right? So I used to wait like three hours to respond to his text. 
just to sort of play hard to get. I mean, I would like get a text from him and I'd open it up and I'd read it. And then I'd turn my phone off and not respond for like three hours, try to play hard to get. And I did this for probably like two months straight. You know, we're sort of maybe a little flirty with each other. And I'm really trying to just play hard to get so I can make him like me. Like that's how my brain worked at the time. And I remember one day he texts me and he tells me that he likes me. He admits it. He says it. And I freak out. Okay. I completely freak out. Cause I'm like, I don't know how to respond. I'm so nervous. Like, what does this mean? And so I don't respond to this text for like four hours. I just stare at it like on my phone, text page open, just stare at it on my phone for like four hours. Finally, I respond and I say something back. And then we somewhat start like dating, I guess. I mean, we never really dated. We maybe dated for like a month, maybe two months. And it was not serious. And it was not, it was not good. Like I immediately realized once we started getting kind of serious, like not even, but like somewhat serious. I was like, wait, I actually don't know if I like him like that anymore. I got cold feet and I was like, I'm not really into it anymore. So we break up like a month after we start talking. It just ends. And we remained friends. But I remember like a few days after we ended our relationship, if you can even call it that, I'm texting with a friend. And they mentioned that I have my red receipts on. You know, where it shows at the bottom of the text message, like this message was read at this time. And I was like, wait, my red receipts are on? My heart drops into my stomach. She's like, yeah, your red receipts are on. Like they've been on like forever, like ever since I met you. And I was like, you're fucking with me. You are fucking with me right now. You are fucking with me right now. My red receipts are not on. You are fucking with me. Then I start asking around. Like I start asking people. I'm like, are my red receipts on with you? Yeah, why? Are my red receipts on with you? Yeah, why? It all dawns on me, okay? My entire one month relationship with this kid. I'm thinking I'm all badass not responding to this kid's text for like four hours at a time thinking I'm playing all hard to get. And this poor guy is so confused because this entire time I had been leaving him on red for like four hours at a time. Oh, he knew what I was doing. He knew I was trying to be cool and like not respond to him when in reality I'm reading every text message that he sends me immediately after it, it I get I receive it. Like I'm read I'm reading it immediately. And he knew this. And later, like probably two years later, I bring it up to him and I'm like, did I have my red receipts on with you that whole time? And he was like, yeah, it was fucking weird. I was like, why is she not just responding? Like she read it. Luckily, we were able to laugh about it, but OMG, that one hurts. Okay, next story, we have the track meet. So in high school, I did track and field for one season. To give a little backstory, I'm not a runner. Okay, I am not a runner. And in high school, I really wasn't a runner. I grew up doing gymnastics, figure skating, 
competitive cheerleading. Like I've always enjoyed that sort of sport. You know, I did dance in high school and I did dance classes as a kid. Like that was my world. I always enjoyed those types of sports and running was not really my specialty. But in high school, I joined the cheer team for like half a season. And then I got kicked off the team because I was missing practice too much. Because at the same time that I was doing high school cheerleading, I was also doing competitive cheerleading. And the coaches and the cheer captains got mad at me because they're like, you're missing so many practices because you're just going to your competitive cheerleading team. And that's annoying. So you're kicked off the team. But I still needed to get some sport credits in order to not have to take PE class because I really didn't want to take PE class. So I decided, you know what? If I can't be on the cheerleading team, I'm going to try cross country and track and field. I'd much rather do that than have to take PE class. So I have zero experience going into my first season doing my first and only season doing track and field. And because I was a cheerleader, the track and field coach said to me, you know, you should do hurdles because, you know, you have really good flexibility from being a cheerleader. You would be really great at hurdles. And so I start training hurdles. And I actually was pretty good at it considering I had never done it before. I wasn't terrible. I picked it up relatively quickly, but I'll tell you, this shit was so fucking hard. Okay. There were two types of hurdle races. One was called the 100 hurdle and one was called the 300 hurdle. Now, when you think of a track, right? Imagine the 100 hurdle is just running in a straight line down one fourth of the track and jumping over hurdles along the way. You're maybe only running for like, what, 20 seconds? It's short. The 300 hurdles is almost like running around the whole track and having to jump over hurdles every step of the way. And you're running for closer to like a minute. But you're not just running. You're also having to be jumping over these hurdles. And you're and you're trying to go as fast as you can. Now, the 100 hurdles was always fun. Okay, I loved that that race. But the 300 hurdles was my fucking worst nightmare. And I would beg my coach, please don't make me have to do this race. I cannot do it. It is too hard. I cannot physically do it. And he would always say, no, you have to do it anyway. And I had two embarrassing moments doing the 300 hurdle race. The first one, I can't believe I did this. So the first half of the 300 hurdle race, I'm doing good. I'm doing fine. I'm definitely not winning. I'm probably in last place but I'm doing fine enough. Okay. It gets to the last hurdle that I was supposed to jump over and nobody was racing next to me and there was no hurdle next to me. Like I just had a completely empty lane next to me. I get to the last hurdle and for some reason I didn't see it. I didn't see the last hurdle. And what I think happened was I was accidentally looking at the lane next to me that was completely empty, right? Instead of looking at my own lane, maybe just because that was more comfortable for my head, like to be running with my head sort of turned to the side and say, I don't know. Long story short, 
all of a sudden I look back to my lane and I realize, oh fuck, there's a hurdle right in front of me and I'm supposed to be jumping over it, but it's too late. I should have already jumped like a split second ago. So what does my brain decide to do? Have me run around the hurdle. Instead of just running, like hitting the hurdle with my body and just not jumping over it and just letting it tip over, my brain just decided to run around the hurdle. And normally I wouldn't have been able to do that because in a normal race, every lane is filled. But in this particular race, for some reason, there were some lanes empty. And so I was able to just run around the hurdle. I did get disqualified and it did somewhat become iconic but it was really embarrassing. It's just like, you know, high school sports are taken so seriously by the coaches and by the parents and by the kids. And there were so many child prodigies, it felt like, on my track team. And I was just this absolute train wreck, you know? And I felt so judged by everybody. But in retrospect, it is iconic, actually. But I can't tell what's worse, that or the one time when during the 300 hurdles race, I was jumping over one of the hurdles and my back foot got caught on the hurdle and I tripped and ate shit and like rolled on the ground and then got back up and finished the race. I don't know what's more embarrassing. I don't know. Both of those things happened all in one season and my coach would not let me quit the 300 hurdles. He kept making me do it. It's safe to say that was my last season of track and field. I do kind of miss it because it actually was kind of fun. I did enjoy it somewhat. Were any of those stories even embarrassing? Like when I'm reflecting back on all those stories, I'm like, none of those are really that embarrassing to me anymore. And you know, I wonder if it's because for so long, those memories just lived in my head. And a lot of times when something's just in your head, it can feel so much more serious and intense. But then when you speak it out loud, you realize that's just not that big of a fucking deal. And that applies to a lot of other things in life too. You know, you can be really anxious about something. And then if you just speak it out loud, you realize, wait, I don't need to be anxious about this. It's actually not that big of a deal. That's why talking about things is so important because I just told all those stories and realized not one of those was that embarrassing. They were fun. I enjoyed talking about them, but they weren't that embarrassing. So there's your food for thought. Remember that things can feel so much more serious when they're trapped in the confines of your mind. But when you let them out and you speak them, you can put them into perspective real quick. So that's all I have. I'm going to try to remember more high school stories. I probably have more. My high school career was was not very long. I only went until like halfway through junior year. You know, I only got two and a half years of material for you. But there's definitely some shit in there. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you enjoyed. I love and appreciate all of you. And I always have the most incredible time sitting and talking to you. And I hope that you enjoy it as well. And if you want, you can subscribe to Anything Goes for new episodes every Thursday and Sunday. You can follow Anything Goes on Instagram at Anything Goes or on Twitter at AG Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram to see what I'm up to on a personal level at Emma Chamberlain. 
You can check out my coffee company, chamberlaincoffee.com, and use code AG15 for a little discount. We have coffee. We have tea. We have mugs. We have tumbler cups. We have it all. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. And yeah, I just appreciate you. All right, I'll talk to you later. Bye now.